Welcome to the Axiom Church Podcast. These are talks and conversations about the centrality of Jesus and his kingdom from our community. Enjoy. Thank you. You know, as Micah said, so many of us are here because we've experienced a deep current in our life. We've noticed the ground shift at one point or another and acknowledged that there's something beyond ourselves uh, that is at work. And we come here to help one another make sense of that and to uh, be inspired to go out and to bear witness to the person and presence of Jesus Christ. Uh, And we get to do that with the, the peace of Jesus the joy of Christ and all these things. And, uh, and so it's, it's a real treasure of ours to have Jesus, isn't it? And so this month or so, we're going to be talking about our, our heart being captured by Jesus. And the truth about that is, uh, what I've learned is that the more our hearts are captured by Jesus, the, the first fruits of the kingdom, the treasures of the kingdom, end up really being experienced not just by us, but by those around us. And uh, often the beneficiaries of it are the people that surround us. And so um, there's, there's a gift in giving, and there's a gift in generosity. And, and, and so we're going to be talking about some of those things. I wanted to share with you. I got this this morning from uh, Joe. He, uh, he, he gave me some cards from the school he teaches at. And we'd had the chance to, um, to make a donation to the school and to provide a bunch of snacks. Maybe you guys recall that. Um, and one of the students wrote, Dear Axiom, I'd like to thank you for donating to our school. We really appreciate you going out of your way for us. May I hope that God blesses you for your kindness. Baron talked about your church and how you guys are a kind people. He says that you're selfless, and I respect you for that. Most churches and religious organizations often pretend to be kind, but you guys really are. Thank you again for your donations and for thinking of us sincerely. That's pretty cool. That the kids wanted to write back like that. And they drew a cool photo. Of, there's our donations. There's the students. They all have smiles on their face. So it's pretty neat, guys. Uh, well, it's today we get to uh, start this discussion with my friend Brian. Brian, if you want to come on up. Brian and his wife have been like, I don't know, on tour or something. And they're like, like a band going around towns talking. Twenty-five thousand miles. My, she still loves you. That's a miracle, you know. Waymaker, you know. Uh, so he's here to be with us. Uh, Brian's a friend of ours from a brother church of ours in Colorado. He serves as an elder there, and he does a lot of other things. I'll let you uh, talk about with our crew. Just make sure your mic's on, will you? And then we'll uh, we'll dive into it. Thanks, thanks again for being here. Thank you as well. Green is on, right? Hey, great to see you today. I'm so glad you're here. So glad we are here. I'm traveling with my wife. I like to say uh, we're a beautiful couple. She's beautiful, and I make us a couple. So we've been traveling uh, two trips last year to the rest of America, this year to the western states, and we put 25,000 miles on our RV, uh, which is equivalent to going around the equator on the entire Earth. And uh, my wife does 80% of the driving. She doesn't like my driving, but either do I. So it's, it's okay. And we have our little corgi puppy with us, and uh, that's kind of fun. But I, I'm here today. I'm going to be kicking off this series 
And I, I, as I was sitting and praying, a verse came to my mind, and uh, we are going to talk about generosity, but the verse that came to my mind was God's generosity. John 3.16, the most famous verse in the entire world, for God so loved the world, right, that he what? Gave. <laughs> Isn't that cool? For God so loved the world, for God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but shall have everlasting life. You see, there's this, there's this God of this universe who cares about you and me. Not only does he care about us, he is generous towards us and for us. And guess what? We didn't earn it, <laughs> and we certainly don't deserve it, and we can't work for it. God is generous to us. And so in your faith journey, there's this thing that has to happen, and it's not something you're born with, not even born again with it. That is, how do you learn to become generous? If God is generous to you, how does that change your heart, change your life, change your habits, change your thinking, so that you, instead of being tight-fisted, are generous with others, right? So I want to talk to you today on five reasons why to become generous. Five reasons why to become generous. Because here's something you need to understand. If you don't know why to do something, you will never do it. You know, if I say to you, uh, do you think you should read your Bible every day? Oh, you should read your Bible every day. But most people don't because they don't know why, right? So, but years ago, I, I read a little book, How to Study the Bible for Yourself. And in there, there was a, a chapter on why be spend time with God and his word every day. And there were 10 reasons why. And I remember reading those 10 reasons. And I'm like, oh my goodness, it'll give you guidance. God will give you guidance and wisdom and peace and strength and all these different things. And I'm like, I need those things in my life. So for 40 some years of my life, I've been in the Bible every day because I knew why. Not that I should do something. So I want to help you unpack, well, why? Why would any of you or anyone, why would you want to become generous? Most people don't know. Most Christians don't know that answer. How do I know that? Statistically, I'll give you a couple of statistics when it comes to financial giving. I mean, there's lifestyle giving, but when it comes to financial giving, 50% of church-going Christians give zero to $50 a year. Okay. So according to Barner Research, 50% of church-going Christians give zero to $50 a year. Now, 20% give $50 to $500 a year. 25% give over $500 a year, and 5% give over 10% or more of their income, right? So, but, so really, two-thirds of the people, three-quarters of Christians, have no idea why. They just like, they're like, well, I got needs, I got bills, I got things I got to do. I, why would I want to be generous? Well, let me, let me give you some reasons, right? Five reasons. I'm going to give you scriptures, and I'm going to give you true stories from the Bible and from my own, my own life journey. Number one, this is like a really good one. And this is probably the number one reason people, most people aren't generous. Generosity helps you overcome financial fear and worry generosity will help you overcome financial fear and worry. What goes on with most people, they look at what they have and they're like, oh, 
oh, what I have is not enough. And it's scary. The gas prices go up. The food prices go up. Rent goes up. All the ah. There's just this fear factor going on when it comes to finances. And you're doing everything you can to hold on as tight as you can. But in your heart, there's fear. And you're just, just fear, 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 fear. And you're like, if I give anything away, I'll have less. And I can't do that. Fear. Fear. Versus faith. What's faith? You know, you ever heard the acronym of faith? F-A-I-T-H. Fantastic Adventures in Trusting Him. <laughs> Fantastic Adventures in Trusting Him. When it comes to generosity and giving, it is a faith journey. Fantastic Adventures in Trusting Him. I want to pick up on a st story of a gal, 1 Kings 17. She had it much worse than any of us ever did. It wasn't just about inflation. It wasn't just about COVID. It was about, she was a widow. She was a single mom. Uh, and it had not rained for three years in the land. Okay, in an agricultural society, three years of no rain is a really, really bad thing. I mean, there's no food banks. There's no, <laughs> there's no community ministries. There's nothing like that. Uh, there's no clearance racks. There's nothing. You got to grow your own food. And in that society, three years of no rain means people were dying. So Elijah meets this woman, and he said to her, he said, well, you give me something to eat. Give me something to drink. Give me something to eat. Uh, and she says, you know, I don't, she said, I just got a little oil in a jar and, and, and a few sticks here and some flour, and I'm going to make a meal for myself and my son, and we're going to eat it and die. One meal away from death. Last meal. I, I have a feeling there's nobody in this room that's one meal away from death, right? That's not, that's, not our, that's not what's going on with us. But this woman was one meal away from death. Three years, she hung on, hung on, held on as tight as she could, tried, 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 and finally it was the last meal. And Elijah says to this woman, don't be afraid. What? <laughs> Are you kidding me? Don't be afraid, that's all I know is fear. Don't be afraid. First, from what you have, from what I have is not enough. From what you have, which isn't enough. First, make something for me, God's servant, and then make something for yourself and your son. That's just like, are you crazy? He's like, no. I know God and heaven who cares about you and can provide for you. And he goes on and explains that to her. And then it says this. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. She made something for Elijah, and then she made something for her son. And then the Bible says God began to stretch her resources. And then it said every day she kept giving to Elijah. And, and it said she would give to Elijah first, and then she would make something for herself, her, herself and her son. But then the Bible says the family even showed up. God took which wasn't enough and made it enough. Little is much if God is in it. You can take the little you have in life and God can stretch it in ways you can never imagine, but you've got to be engaged in the journey. She had to take a step of faith and say, okay, God, I believe in you. 
I don't know how this will work out. I don't understand how it's ever going to happen. But God, I trust that you are real. There's another person, Genesis 28, 20, 22, young man running away from home. He had no, no, no food, no money. He was in trouble. His brother was trying to kill him. He's running away to his father's house. His name was Jacob, college age, grew up in a religious home, heard about God, but did not know God. There are a lot of people in this life know about God and know about Jesus, but they don't know him. And, and anyway, Jacob has this dream, and he realizes that God is real. He wakes up from the dream, and he had, he had a very uncertain future. And he said, God, God, if you will take care of me on this journey I am, I am taking and, and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear, then you, you will be my God. And all that you, of all that you give me, I will give you a tenth. He makes this spiritual decision that God... Starting from this day, whatever you put into my hands, God, I pledge to you by faith, whatever you put into my hands, I will honor you at the first part of that. I will honor you 10% of anything you ever give me. He made a spiritual decision, a faith decision. A faith decision. Have you ever made that decision? Hmm. Most have not. I remember where I made it. If you made that decision, you know you made it. <laughs> I was uh, 24, 25 years old, and I had a little paycheck one day, and I had a big stinking stack of bills, and, and I was like, oh my goodness, I, my, I, my finances are a wreck. I've got more month than I've got money. I can't pay all my bills, much less live for the next two weeks. Oh my goodness, what am I going to do? How's this going to work? I, I'm just so done with my money. I'm just not I'm just not making good decisions. I'm spending money on things I don't need with money I don't have to impress people that don't even like me. And, and, so, and so I'm like, wow, this is not working. And the Spirit of God spoke to my heart in my 20s and said, Brian, will you trust me? Trust you? How am I going to trust you? Honor me. How would I honor you? Give to me first. What? What? I'm kind of like the, <laughs> the widow lady. Right? What? I don't have enough. Honor me. I'm like, oh, this is crazy. Crazy. Okay, God. Okay, okay, okay. Took, took the checkbook. First check I'm going to write is to the Lord's work. And I, I decided to make a decision to give a tenth. I'm like, I, I can't figure out my finances anyway. It doesn't really matter. Okay, God. And my hand was shaking. I'm like, this is nuts. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Did that. Okay, now. God, help me. Show me the way. And, and I kept doing that. And the fear began to go away. And instead, in my, in my heart, there was faith and a God who could provide for me. And I began to see God guide and provide. And, and, and generosity of God's crazy mathematics. Uh, he gives you more wisdom. When you become a giver, he gives you more wisdom than you used to have. He gives you more contentment than you used to have. He gives you more creative provisions than, than you've ever experienced. God enters, the, the, enters your financial life in ways that are like real. They're real. You're like, wow, there's tangible things God is doing in my life. I see it. I, I experience it. And it's, it's real. And your faith grows. And so I've been doing that for decades now. My hand stopped shaking a long time ago. Number two, generosity helps you overcome pride and experience God as your provider. Overcome pride and experience God as your provider. You see, some people are like, oh, you're not worried about finances. You've got plenty of finances. You're good. 
you're good, but there's a verse here for you, Deuteronomy 8, it says something you're to do and not to do and to do. It says, do not say to yourself, the strength of my power and my hand have given me this wealth for me. It's mine. I made it, I earned it, and mine. Look what I did. There's some people that operate that way. They're tight-fisted. Fist at God, and I did this. Oh, you did, did you? Did you give yourself the ability to breathe a breath? Can you make your heart beat? Who gave you the skills? Who gave you the mind that you have to do that? Who gave you the strength? Who gave you the experience? Who gave you everything you have? God. God did. It's not all yours. It's all his. He owns it all and he loans it all. You're just a steward of what he entrusts into your hands. The Bible says, do not say to yourself, my power and strength of my hand that produces wealth for me. <laughs> no. No, it says, honor the Lord, remember the Lord, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Honor God with what he's given you. 1 Corinthians 16, 2, and what I'm about to say to you could have the biggest impact on the rest of your life financially than you could ever imagine. I'm going to share a verse with you and a method to learn to see God as your provider. And for those of you that take up this opportunity to learn this and practice this, your life will never be the same. You will live a life of faith. You'll live a life of joy. You'll live a life of generosity. You'll live a life of contentment the rest of your life. The rest of your life. You know, this is going to be like a little rock in your pond. The ripples of this next few minutes can go out the rest of your life into all of eternity. 1 Corinthians 16, 2. On the first day of each week, let each of you give or set aside to give according to how God has provided for you or blessed you. Let me just say that again. On the first day of each week, let each of you give or, give or set aside money to give according to how God has blessed you or provided for you. So years ago when I was in my 20s, I was probably in my late 20s, I came across that verse and, I, and my wife and I were faithful givers, we gave regularly, but we wanted to do more. Now we only made $15,000 a year income. We didn't make a lot, but we gave faithfully from what we had, but we wanted to be more generous and we came across that verse and I said, and oh, by the way, this is my second wife. My first wife was Sandy. She went to heaven in 2010. She beat me to heaven. And Mary, Ellen was married to Jim and he beat her to heaven in 2010. But God allowed us to meet and marry a few years later and, and uh, I'm so grateful for two incredible marriages. But, and we, I do this with Mary Ellen now, but I did it with Sandy back in the day. And, and so what we did is we took out a pencil and paper and we said, how did God provide for us the last seven days on a Sunday night? How did God provide for us the last seven days? What happened on Saturday? Hmm, what happened on Saturday? Thursday, what are we doing on Thursday? What's going on? Oh, Wednesday, what about Wednesday? What, what about Tuesday? What about Monday? What, what did God do to provide for us for the last week? And we would write it down. Oh, I got a paycheck, praise the Lord. I got some birthday money. Praise the Lord. Write, it, write that down. Oh, we, my wife went to the consignment shop and the, 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 the outfit she bought, it said $160 and the tags are still on it and she got it for 16. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
you know, uh, go to Kohl's and, you know, you get uh, crazy. You're, you spend $700, but you really only had to pay $100 and you saved $600 and write it down. But we would write down the provisions of God. Someone took us out to lunch. Someone took us to dinner. We stayed at someone's home. We would just write down what were the provisions that came into our life over the last seven days and began to write them down. And then we began to realize that there's financial value to those things. So we would add up, we'd write them all down, and then we'd add up the value, and let's say it came up to $400, or $800, or $1,000, or $2,000, or $5,000, $10,000, doesn't matter. But we'd write them down. We would see them. God, thank you. Add up the value. And then we would take, take my phone out, and uh, with an app, uh, we used to do it differently with my wife, but with my wife now, we have a giving account. And so we add up the value of the financial blessings that God brought into our life, and then we take at least a tenth of them and put them into a giving account. We have checking account, savings account, and a giving account. See, we have money we live on and money we give on. We don't commingle those things. See, when you learn to separate money you live on and money when you give on, you'll always have money to give on because here's the deal. God is always providing. He's already doing things. Most people just have never looked. They've never seen it. But what we've learned to do is to literally look and see what God has done and to write it down and to honor God. And it's amazing. And over the years, there's been thousands and thousands and thousands of thousands of entries of what God has done week by week. And I just gave you a little gift today. I categorize. What does it look like? What do provisions look like? There's a little bookmark right here for you. Ten ways God provides. There's actually about 50 on here. One of them is a paycheck. You know what? Some of your paychecks aren't big enough. But you know what? It doesn't matter. God's bigger than paychecks. <laughs> God's bigger than paycheck. So here's the list. So you need a little help on Sunday night. So my wife and I send ourselves an email now, Mary Ellen and I. What did God do? Look over the list. See what God has done. Learn to see what he's done, how he's providing for you, how he's guiding, how he's helping. And then honor him. Give a thank offering for what he did. Get a giving account or put it in a box somewhere or a jar or something. But you'll have money to give with the rest of your life. Always. It'll never run dry because God will never run dry on you. So, all right. Something there. Change your life forever. Guarantee it. Number three, generosity helps bring God's priority and order to your finances. Matthew 6.33, make sure that God's kingdom and his righteousness is your top priority. Um, Malachi 3 talks about honoring God with tithes and offerings, that's systematic giving and spontaneous giving. Uh, systematic giving is your head. You learn, to, you learn to see what God has provided like we did, and when you calculate a value and you give, and spontaneous giving is different. Tithes and offerings. Offerings is spontaneous giving. That's when God moves in your heart. So the systematic giving is when you're using your mind to calculate the value and then honoring God. But, but spontaneous giving, offerings, is when God moves in your heart to give. He leads you, he guides you to do it. All right? But, but what I want you to know is that is you've got to come to grips with God's order for your finances. Now imagine today that I got up to come here to preach and I got my order on my shirt wrong. Let's say I just, I just stuck the button in the wrong hole. <laughs> All right? So I'd come here, 
And uh, Gavin, great guy he is, he would say, hey, Brian, before you get up there, can you fix your, fix your jacket and fix your shirt, I mean? And Mike would say, hey, everybody, hey, can you, please, just get that taken care of. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to do that. Well, I, I don't know. Okay, here. I, here, I found a hole. I found a button and I found a buttonhole. Okay, good. All right, I, well, man, this is a pain, isn't it? Okay, okay. All right, good. I'm good. I'm good. And they'd be like, man, dude, you are not good. You, are, you came to our town, you're like an idiot. Come on, just get your shirt straight. I'd say, hey, I, I'm really sorry. I'd get, this, I'd get this taken care of. I need more buttons. If I, if I just had more buttons, I wouldn't have this problem. And they'd say, come on, man, just get your shirt straight now. No, well, if I, if I had some more buttonholes, got, you got some buttonholes I can use? They'd be like, no, just, just fix your shirt. No, what, what's my problem here? The order, right? Is the problem the buttons or the buttonholes? No. Okay? God has an order. God has an order to finances. Giving, savings, spending. That's his order. That's his order. And, and when you put it, giving first, then this, and by, by the way, this is what a lot of people's finances look like. <laughs> And it, and it doesn't matter how much money you make. I know, I've known people making hundreds of thousands of dollars. This is their finances. They make 300000 but they spend 400000 It's a mess. <laughs> all right? So, no, no. It's all about getting the order right. Remember my story, my debt, more month than money? The problem was my order, right? I was doing everything on the spending and the debt and all that. But when you get the order right, then everything begins to fall in place. Everything lines up. So you have to make that spiritual decision to bring God's order to your finances. Number four, generosity helps you overcome greed and materialism. It helps you overcome greed and materialism. Luke 12, 15 says, watch out, watch, watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out, what? Watch out for what, what? What you watch out? Be in your guard. What, what, what? What's going on? Be in your guard. What, where? Against all kinds of greed. All kinds of greed. For a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Jesus said it. Watch out. Be in your guard against all kinds of greed because a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Do you know that you cannot buy your way to contentment? Let me, let me let's just say we did an experiment and I came in here as a guest speaker and I said, okay, hey, everybody, I'll give you a piece of paper, and I want you to write down a piece of paper everything you want in life, everything you can buy, everything money can buy. I want you to write it down. I mean, you pick out your toys, and you pick out your things, and you pick out your house, you pick out your car, you pick out your vacations, everything money can buy. I want you to write it down, write it down on a piece of paper, and you write it all down. And I said, now I want you to put on, what's it going to cost? What's it going to cost? And I want you to write... Put it down, put it down, put it down. I want you to all write it down, and then I want you to add it all up. Add it all up. And then I got great news. I'm going to meet you at the back of church, and whatever you put in the bottom of the paper, when you added it all up, I'm going to write you a check. <laughs> and you'd be like, whoa, we're coming back to this church. <laughs> and I give you the money, and I'd say there's only one condition. You've got to go buy everything on the list. You'd be like, Yes. <laughs> you know what? You wouldn't be content. Six months, you'd have a new list. 
Am I right? Am I right? Six months, you'd have a new one. Doesn't matter what you get. There's another thing waiting that you're going to want. Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. The Bible says godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Everyone can have that. Doesn't matter what's in your checkbook or if there's nothing in your checkbook. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Contentment doesn't come from getting everything you want. Contentment comes from being thankful for everything you already have and sharing it. Contentment does not come from getting everything you want. It comes from being thankful for everything you already have and sharing it. 1 Timothy 6, use money to do good, be rich in good works and generous to those in need, and be ready to share. Be ready to share. The, uh, I gave you a little flyer here this little thing here. Uh, I wrote a little devotional, 40-day generous life devotional. It has 10 Bible verses a day. This is the print version. That's going to be available for those that want the print version, but everybody can have the digital version. It's 10 Bible verses a day for 40 days. So 400 scriptures on God's provision, how God guides, how he provides, on finances, on generosity. She just do this. It works great with kids. I did it with my kids before they'd go to school. We would just read the 10 Bible verses every day. It was, it was wonderful. And, um, but there's that. But then there's little cards, little pay it forward, love and action cards. And the idea here is to keep this in your, in your purse or in your wallet. And God, as you just live your life, you're going to have opportunities to be a blessing to someone. You're going to have opportunities to be kind to somebody, to be generous to somebody. And what you do when you do that, and a lot of times it could be a stranger, say, hey, before I get away from you here, can, you know, I, I was glad to help you today. I'd like to give you a little card. And, and you give them a little card and look at this. I hope this act of kindness brightens your day. And then on the back it says, tag, you're it, pay it forward, keep it going. Be kind to somebody else. But then on the, on the front of it here, there's a video about how much God loves the person. How much God loves a person. There's a little video, four-minute video. It's in over 100 languages. And, and you can use these little cards. It's a great way just to be a witness to Christ. I was involved with a city in Florida. 30 churches did this together. They printed 25,000 of these cards and they ran out. In a city of 100,000, we made 25,000 more cards, 50,000 cards. People were doing acts of kindness for their neighbors and for strangers and for friends. It was amazing. Generosity just broke out in that community. God's love and kindness broke out in that community. And, and uh, you can have a small part and use this yourself to bless somebody in your life. My wife and I carry these wherever we travel, and we look to just be a blessing to people. Number five, generosity helps you bless others. It helps you bless others and experience real joy. Psalm 67, 7, know why you've been blessed. Do you know why you have the blessings you have? The skills, the abilities, the possessions, the finances. Know why you have been blessed you're blessed to help people at the ends of the earth worship God. Even rich people, they don't know why they have it. I guess it just means more for us. <laughs> no. Sometimes God increases your, your income not to increase your standard of living, but to increase your standard of giving. Let me think of that. And, and we're blessed to be a blessing. We don't give to get a blessing. We, we give to be a blessing. We give to be a blessing. Luke 16, 9 says, use worldly wealth to bless others and make fr friends for eternity. 
It literally says we can use our worldly wealth to make friends for ourselves that when it is gone, we will be received into eternal dwellings. Literally, our acts of kindness can give, make us friendships in this world. I say God blesses you to make you a blessing across the street, across town, across the state, across the country, or even across the world. You are blessed to be a blessing. That's God's purpose in blessing you, all right? Listen to this, though, too. Verses in 2 Corinthians 9-11 says this. Your generous gifts will be taken to help pe- to, will be taken to help people in need and they will joyfully praise and glorify God and fervently pray for you. Think about this. God wants some of your giving in life to cause people to worship God. I mean, just literally like, oh my goodness, there's a God who cares about me. And it came because of your kindness and your generosity and your love. And somehow that connected the dots for them. And, and they just suddenly realized there's a God in heaven and and, and their life has changed forever. My wife and I are heavily involved in Africa. We go every year. We've helped with water filters and cook, low smoke cook stoves and, and teaching people to farm so they can have enough food and, to eat. And, and we do pastor's events and we do solar lamps to give people light where, there's, where they have no electricity. And, and we do child sponsorships and, and all of that. And people worship God because of it. And I want you to listen to something. We're going to be closing with this. I want you to listen to a little girl that we were able to help send to school in January, her and her sister. The mother makes about, I don't know, $40 a month, I think. $40 a month. And they didn't have money to go to school. And so we said, hey, we'll see if we can get you a sponsor. And we were able to work it out. We were able to find find her a sponsor. This girl's 16 years old. And after she got, we gave her, on Friday we gave her the news, we found sponsors for you and your sister, and you can start school on Monday, and it's covered for the whole year. God blesses us that all the ends of the earth might worship him. Your generous gifts will be taken to help people in need, and they will joyfully praise and glorify God and pray fervently for you. I want you to listen to what happened after we gave her that news. Hopefully this will work. I'm so happy. May God wish you bless you. My sister is very happy. She's even crying. Everyone is crying tears of joy. My mom is very happy. And I'm also very happy and I'm proud of you. I love you. I always play blessings from God. I pray for you every day. I love you so, so much. And I promise you I will not disappoint you. I'll have to work hard. Thank you. I appreciate we love you too, too. We love you so much. I sing this song crying tears of joy. I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, I will sing. Of the goodness of God. Cause all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good.
the goodness of God. You and we pray for you, and we shall be good girls. We shall perform well at school, and we shall always pray every day. We love you. Bye bye. Isn't that sweet? God wants to use you to cause people to sing, and cause people to worship, and call people to come to know this God that you know. This loving, generous, caring God that does so much for you. And he wants you, he wants to bless you to make you a blessing. Second Corinthians 9 again, your generous gifts will be taken to help people in need and they will joyfully praise and glorify God. You hear the joy? And pray fervently for you. We heard from her today. We got eight message, audio messages today <laughs> from Vicki. <laughs> She, we sent her a picture of the, the motorhome. She goes, you live in there? What is it called? How is it possible to live in a house that moves down a road? Yeah, it's a miracle. <laughs> yeah, we heard eight messages today. Who does God want to use you to bless? Across the street, around town, across the country, around the world. I don't know, but I believe he'll bless you to make you a blessing. Let's pray. Father, thank you for every person in this room. Oh, Lord, I thank you for all you've done for them. I thank you for all you provided for them. I thank you for all that you want to do for them and with them and through them for the rest of their lives. God, I want them to have the joy of seeing your grace and your provisions and, and Lord, that they would do it with joy and that they would there would just be this their hearts would open and their hands would open and their minds would open that we're, they're blessed to be a blessing. And Lord, for, for some or one or many, may, they, may the giving account and counting their blessings become a reality. And may their lives never be the same ever again as they live this life of receiving from you, having open hands and receiving from you in any way you want to provide and then joyfully and generously sharing whatever you give them. Lord, bless them and make them a blessing. In Jesus' name, amen.